Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today is within the Librocube TV Tuesdays, sometimes referred to as Television Tuesdays, in which we discuss, meaning I discuss, and you listen, television, as our good television pal, Mr. Doug Heffernan, would say. Doug Heffernan, you may know from the show King of Queens, which, my God, I just realized was a TV show. What? It's all coming together in a sort of beautiful podcast TV jambalaya. Today's sponsor is the Real Housewives of Lake Titicaca. Once again, today's sponsor is the Real Housewives of Lake Titicaca. Let's jump right in, because I have uh, what I quite often refer to as a shit-ton to talk about. Actually, before I fully jump in to TV Tuesday, two things uh, I want to try to remember to do at the top of every episode, and I think I'm getting better at remembering, is to say, uh, one, that uh, there will be spoilers, most likely, so you have been warned, and B, uh, if you enjoy the podcast that you are currently listening to right this second, uh, by that I mean this one, in case you're listening to two at the same time, uh, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is that perhaps you uh, tell a friend and get her uh, get her passed on. Pass her around like a giant doobie. Yes. Doobie. Television show... The first is a classic. A classic for these reasons. It was on a long time ago. <laughs> I guess depending on how you look at time. Not, say, geologically speaking. It was on a very short time ago. Not um, in terms of, say, evolution. It was on a very short time ago. But in terms of the human lifetime, uh, it was on a fair, a fair while ago. The television program is called MASH. We have brought it back to the Libro Cube before, which uh, is another reason why it is a bit of a classic, because um, I wasn't watching MASH right at the onset of this podcast, but because it's 12 seasons and because now that I have a podcast to edit almost every day, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching them much slower than I used to, uh, pre-podcast days. So, there's that. Okay, so, let's jump right in, because uh, I have brought MASH back a couple of times, and uh, we'll continue to do so, because I am watching it, and uh, we talk about TV shows that I'm watching, so, hey, again, it's that perfect melding of form and function. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, I brought back one, two, three, four, five episodes. My God, that's aggressive. In the first one, uh, Frank, Frank Burns, is gone. They did, with 
uh, Trapper John, which I do remember bringing that episode back, and now with Frank Burns. Um, it's kind of like just one episode they were there, and the next, uh, they were gone, basically. Like, no, no real farewells. So it, it almost has the feel of, and I don't know if kind of behind the scenes this happened, but, uh, like something happened and they quit or were fired or something along those lines. And then they just sort of wrote them out of the show. Curious. Uh, Frank, basically because, uh, Margaret Hot Lips Houlihan, uh, was engaged or married, I should say, uh, basically lost it went, uh, uh, what I like to refer to as buck-fucking-wild, and was given a Section 8. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with the term Section 8, it is, uh, I don't know if this is still accurate or was accurate back then, it is the term for when you are in the Army and deemed uh, basically too crazy to be in the Army and are released from the Army because of your craziness. Huh. So this gave the show the opportunity to bring in a new character, as they did when Trapper John left. They brought in BJ Honeycutt, uh, now Frank Burns left, and they bring in Charles Emerson Winchester III, La de Da. Mm. Oh, shit, you know what? Since Frank's gone, this is a sort of a perfect opportunity to bring up... Um, something, the the way that I end every show, as you probably know, unless this is the first one you're listening to, although to hop into a podcast and listen to episode 64, I believe this is, uh, it's kind of strange. Most people start near the beginning, I do believe. At least that's what I've always done. Uh, I end every show with, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Now, I knew I didn't make that up, but... I did not know where it came from. However, oddly enough, eerily enough, um, a couple of months back, or a month or so back, I was watching a MASH episode in which, goddamn, Frank Burns said, it's nice to be nice to the nice, uh, and that kind of blew my mind, because I want to stress that I knew I didn't make it up. I knew I had heard it somewhere. I just had no idea where I heard it, but uh, I liked the sounds of it. So, that is, uh, the, the story of it's nice to be nice to the nice. Why do I say that? Because it is nice to be nice to the nice. Be nice, and nice things will happen to you. How about that? Okay, so, now that, uh, we got that out of the way, let's go to the second item, second episode, I should say, one in which Radar, Radar O'Reilly, was injured, shot up, blown up a little bit, as uh, I guess tends to happen in war. Hawkeye, the, what I kind of think of as the star of the show, really, had to, well, didn't have to, uh, operate it on him. I didn't say, it was sort of the first time in his life, um, as a surgeon that he was nervous. Afterwards, he was all kind of, a, a sort of shaky and... Uh, just a bundle of nerves and got super drunk and had to walk out on a surgery because he was so hungover. So it's uh, sort of for, I guess, the audience and for uh, all the people in this uh, this camp, this MASH camp, 
it uh, humanized him a little bit. So this, I think, is, again, one of those sort of stepping stones in uh, Hawkeye's sort of slow descent into madness, uh, as I like to think the show shows. Episode 3! Oh, uh, James Cromwell was here, a young James Cromwell. He was a uh, sort of a practical joker. This um, sort of demonstrated more one of the reasons that I think MASH was popular, because it was a comedy. I think towards the later episodes, they focused too much on the, the dramas as opposed to comedy. So this was a nice little return to form. Uh, episode four that I brought back had the psychologist Sidney Freeman. He uh, pops in from time to time. Sidney Freeman, uh, he's funny because I kind of always, uh, he kind of looks a little bit like, uh, this might not make sense to some of you, but he kind of looks a little bit like if Gordon Freeman from the video game Half-Life had a father who was a psychiatrist in the Korean War, it would be Sidney Freeman. So that's fun to think about. Last but not least, uh, Hawkeye is in love with a local girl. Oh, local Korean girl. So a bunch of shit happens there. Folks, I am going to stop and get a coffee. However, through the magic of editing, you don't know what I'm actually going to do. Maybe I'm stopping to get a coffee. Maybe I'm going to stop and help this um, elephant who's birthing a calf at the side of the road for some reason and uh, bring a new baby elephant into the world. It is possible. You just have to take my word that coffee is happening. Editing. 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 On the road again. On the road again. Road again. Well, that was kind of good timing. Polished, mash off, edited, edited, edited. Got some coffee. Now moving on to Modern Family, another lackadaisical, liberal, cubicleist podcast, movie Monday classic. Since uh, I believe, since our first movie Mondays, we've been uh, throwing in the odd Modern Family. I don't do every single weekend, but I like to bring them back every once in a while. This one was called A Slight at the Opera. Hmm. Huh. Never been to an opera? Never planned to go to opera. Not a opera goer, you could say. So, uh, as with most, uh, I guess, if not all modern family episodes, um, the fact that the family's so large, it gives them, I guess, the opportunity to sort of break the story up into multiple parts, which I think has something to do with its success. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, how, about, how about this for just throwing a thought out here? In today's sort of um, YouTube, internet, quick-paced age, uh, people, consumers of video, quite often their uh, attention spans are not as long as they perhaps once were. So you're watching uh, a three-minute video on YouTube. You're watching uh, a five-minute clip. You're watching a 30-second clip. And you've become accustomed to this sort of fast-paced uh, consumption of media. So the fact that in a half-hour, uh, I guess more accurately, 22-minute program, rather than have one story for the full 22 minutes in which the audience, at least potentially, 
can, uh, their attentions can wander. If you break that 22 minutes up into sort of two or three uh, separate stories within the 22 minutes, you have much more, uh, much better opportunity, much more likely to keep your audience's attention. How about that for a thought? Hmm. Perhaps uh, that is the reason this show has become so successful. Interesting. So, uh, one of the side stories here is um, involved golf, where Jay Pritchett played by Ed O'Neill, formerly Al Bundy, and his son and his son-in-law go golfing. Uh, with them is Mr. Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, a uh, very, very funny dude. He, the, the writers, and he's got amazing acting and delivery. However, the writers in this episode really, like, everything out of his mouth was a joke, so it's sort of like a dream job where you come into a show and the, and every word out of your mouth is a joke, and then you go home. <laughs> so, lucky guy. Uh, that section the, was all sort of about how, I guess you could say it was about positive and negative reinforcement, and how Jay's son-in-law actually thrives on negative reinforcement, whereas his son craves the positive reinforcement that he never got growing up. Uh, another section was where Gloria played by the beautiful and super, super sexy Sophia Vergara visited a psychic with um, Phil and Claire's daughter, blanking on the name right now, youngest daughter. Uh, no, not going to get it. It's the, the name curse that I have that I cannot remember names. It has reared its ugly head once again. They went to a psychic... Uh, I guess sort of the lesson there was that the the, the younger daughter is sort of a, a girl after my own heart and a very scientific mind and uh, does not sort of believe in anything of this ilk. So she tricks the psychic into saying things that were obviously not true, like about how she had a dog when she was a kid that died, blah, 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 but she didn't actually have a dog. She is doing this to prove a point to uh, Sofia Vergara. However, the psychic sort of ends with saying that uh, your mother is looking over you and is happy for you and blah, blah, blah. So she decides not to say anything, which, on the one hand, uh, that's kind of, um, to me, is that sort of, uh, question, I guess, of religion, like, if you are a little old lady and being religious and communing with God is something that makes you happy and is not hurting anyone, why not just let her have that? And then, on the other hand, my sort of belief that religion should be totally wiped from the face of the earth, um... <laughs> kind of the other side of the coin, I guess you would say. She decides not to say anything, letting Gloria have her her moment, which I guess I would probably do in the same situation, because uh, it would be so hard to do otherwise. However, I wish that situation just did not come up, and we could move on from our religious ways on this planet and move forward in a scientific 
betterment of humanity direction. Uh, a third section is where the oldest daughter, Haley, Haley Duffy, remember her name, uh, she's poking hot, uh, and her boyfriend sort of pretended to be parents to uh, a little, to uh, Sofia Vergara's little uh, daughter, and uh, lastly, so that's that's four. Uh, that's four, I guess, separate stories. This this one show was broken up into was the actual opera part, in which uh, there was some opera stuff. <laughs> the end. Okay, let's see if I can get in one more. Should do if I do it quickly. Uh, these two for me kind of go hand in hand. It is parks and recreation. They go hand in hand because they are really the only two, well, I guess not technically, the only two shows that are currently on TV, uh, still on the air, that I watch. I watch them on the uh, City TV website, which uh, I imagine is only available in Canada, just because if I were to try to go on an American site, I would not be able to access it. So I assume that that goes both ways. Uh, but every time there's a new episode, they post it on that, and I watch it every week. This one was called Anne's Decision, in which she decided to become a mother. She was not going to do this the, I guess you would call it, traditional way. Rather do it through a sperm bank. Which is kind of funny now that I think about it, because I think it was... Of the uh, in the in the movie Monday of the mega episode, I think was the movie involving the sperm bank with Olivia Munn. Can't remember the name. Pretty sure. So I'm going from uh, sperm bank related movie to sperm bank related television show in the matter of weeks, which is I guess odd, an odd coincidence. Uh, there's a truck driving in front of me right now. That's a sperm bank. Again, that's pretty odd, I guess. This show as well was broken into two stories, which is usually the sort of minimum nowadays, I think, for breaking shows up into. Story of, uh, of course, Anne and the sperm bank related stuff. And then uh, Ben somehow was put in charge of catering at, uh, at their wedding, Leslie and Ben's wedding, which to me is odd because when it came to my wedding, I had virtually no say whatsoever. The only thing that I did have say on, because I absolutely insisted put my goddamn foot down, uh, was music, because for me, that's the most important thing of any party is music. Well, not the most important thing. The most important thing is booze, followed by music. Folks, I'm at work. I uh, do have quite a bit more, I think, so we will meet back here in eight hours. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. That was a day at work. There's no denying it. Let's jump back in, shall we? To TV Tuesday, no less. Oh, uh, you know what? Before we do that, I want to say that uh, I think the Movie Monday podcast that I posted uh, last night? No, this morning. 
this Tuesday morning. Hmm. Um, is not working <laughs> because I I checked it and it seems to me that like what I'll do usually every time is sort of hit play and then sort of skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead. So I listen to like probably 10 seconds of the whole episode, but of bits and pieces of the episode to make sure the whole thing's worth it, working. I don't know why I do it, um, but this time I'm glad I did because for some reason the uh, intro will play and then the whole first section of the podcast, nothing will play whatsoever, and then the last half will play. So I don't know what happened. Uh, I have an idea of what happened, which I think I've fixed with this recording that I am speaking with right now and the one I did this morning. So uh, I hope I'm good. I freaking hate these sort of little setbacks like this. Uh, they really stress me out. Okay? So now you know where we're at. It's just a little, uh, every once in a while, throwing a little behind-the-scenes podcast action, such as that. Because if you are listening to this, you probably uh, enjoy the, uh, the the podcasts. So you may also be interested uh, how they're made and what have you, and what can go wrong. Because I've had quite a few things go wrong. I'm hoping it is not a uh, lost episode, lost half of an episode, because that would suck. I like the first half. It was all about, it was, wasn't all about, but a lot of it was about the uh, Batman Dark Knight Returns 2 movies that I watched. Uh, hell, even the title of the podcast was from that section. So if the title of the podcast is from a section of the podcast that you cannot hear, that is not good. I hope I can fix it when I get home. If I can't, well, we'll just count that podcast as a lost episode, I guess, and say shit. Shit man. Okay, let's jump back into TV Tuesday. Um, just two items left, but I brought back a fair amount with them. They are our, uh, some of our standbys, I like to think of them. Uh, Mr. Conan O'Brien and Mr. Jimmy Kimmel. They're uh, late-night talk shows. I think uh, I've mentioned before how I am not actually awake late enough to watch either of these shows. However, the, uh, the good people at each of these programs post uh, clips for free, no less, on the YouTubes. So, uh, feel free to go over there and check them out after you've listened to this, of course. Of course. Let's start with Conan O'Brien. Uh, he is in a sort of no particular order other than, I guess, the order that I watched these videos. Uh, first guest is Mr. William Macy. William H. Macy, okay. Uh, I thought maybe I could try getting away with just William Macy, but it felt just so wrong in my mouth that uh, I could not let it slide. Had to be said. William H. Macy. It's one of those names where you have to say, you have to say the, the middle initial. Why is that? You know what? Uh, I assume it is that uh, sometimes they talk about this on the Adam Carolla podcast, that if you are to, uh, if you want to enter 
the Screen Actors Guild, and uh, someone is already a member of the Screen Actors Guild with the same name, you uh, will have to put a uh, initial in it, such as that. So I'm guessing there is probably within the Screen Actors Guild someone by the name of William Macy, so he had to put the H in. That is my theory. Is it true? I don't know. Let's assume it is. Let's assume I said that with confidence, and uh, you now believe it is. He, uh, William H. Macy, he's a, he's a cool dude. I like him. They did a little bit where he talked about sort of his uh, conspiracy theory of what happened during the Super Bowl, because apparently the, uh, the power went out uh, during the playing of the Super Bowl. Apparently. I say apparently because I uh, kind of did not even really have any awareness whatsoever that the Super Bowl was happening. I don't know who won it. I don't know who was playing in it. Ravens. Wait, I think the Ravens were one of the teams. Because I don't really care about that whatsoever. I'm sort of... Uh, I, I kind of hate to think what I'm going to be when I'm a really old man. Because the older I get, the more sort of... Uh, anti-religion and anti-sports I get, so I think I'll be a crazy old man uh, on the streets just babbling about how the destruction of mankind will be brought about by sports and religion. Yes. Not too far away, actually. That, that could happen in the next, uh, in the coming months. So perhaps uh, listen along to the podcast and uh, witness my slow descent into madness. <laughs> Ah. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to the second guest, Mr. Harlan Williams. Harlan Williams, Canadian, I do believe. He, Harlan Williams has a, a comedian, and he has a very good thing going for him in that if you don't know what he looks like, I want you to Google, do a little Google image search, image search of uh, Harlan Williams and get a look at his face, because he without even saying things, can, I believe, make you laugh. It's kind of a, a strange-looking dude. Not strange, bad, necessarily. And apparently, I don't know, I kind of get this vibe, and maybe it's true, that he's a bit of a, a ladies' man, which, <laughs> when you look at him, will be surprising. But just sort of his attitude, things he said, things people has said to him, Kind of the, the the crowds that he, the circles he is a member of. I don't know, I just kind of get that, that vibe. Good good for him, though. He deserves it, because he seems like a really nice guy, too. He also had a little uh, Super Bowl talk, I guess, as uh, was this Tis the Season, when this aired. Uh, talked about Beyonce's legs, <laughs> uh, how they were like giant chi root, chi roots, tree roots. Something along those lines. He is, I decided, the sort of king of the non-sequitur. He will just... Something will fly out of his mouth that will have absolutely nothing to do with what uh, people are talking about. And it always gets a good laugh out of me, and seems to out of Conan as well. Very, very funny interview. Highly recommend you check him out. He has a new... Uh, comedy uh, DVD stand-up special, I guess, just came out, which is, he was there plugging. I uh, wouldn't mind checking that out. I should... Jordan, mental note, check that out. There you go. Next was... Oh, uh... This is a new one that I... Not so much something they do on the TV part of Conan, but might be something they just do on the 
Conan YouTube channel. I could be wrong. It sort of, sort of fits into, I think this section they do could easily fit into a TV Tuesday or a fraught internet day of this podcast, but I threw it in here. It's called a Clueless Gamer. Uh, apparently Conan O'Brien is a self-described clueless gamer. He even went so far as to say something along the lines of, uh, this is where I play video games and I hate them. Something along those lines. So not only Clueless, but hates them. They played Halo 4, which I don't own an Xbox, but I've played a little bit on one of my cousins. Uh, one of my cousins has that. And uh, it seemed like your sort of typical first-person action fair. The, uh, the Halo story is pretty, I think, convoluted, uh, and <laughs> which it was funny because he, he'll, another guy will, will play with him because I think if he was just there by himself, nothing would happen. Probably wouldn't know how to turn it on. Uh, so the other guy, uh, explains the story of Halo and after about 20 minutes, uh, Conan's just like, basically gives up. Uh, the guy then says, basically, all you do is run around and shoot people, and Conan freaks out and just says, why did you not say that 20 minutes ago? Uh, that is not unusual for video games, of course, the sort of strange, convoluted story. Uh, one thing about this section I did want to point out is that Conan and Andy actually did a couple of voices in the game, so that was cool. They came across, they came, uh, came across their uh, characters within the game, and then of course proceeded to kill them. So that's uh, probably an interesting feeling, doing a voice in a video game and then killing yourself in the video game. Strange, but I liked it. Next is Mr. Brian Posehn. Ah, Brian Posehn, you will know perhaps from, well, many things, but if you listen to this podcast, I've brought back his podcast, uh, his new podcast called uh, Nerd Poker, which he and a bunch of his friends sit around and play Dungeons & Dragons, probably tomorrow, uh, plan on lip listening to his newest episode, actually. Uh, he was there to talk about uh, a new show he has that sounded like, uh, well, the way he described it is Iron Chef, but with taxidermy. And you, <laughs> he did specify after saying that it's, it's not that you eat dead animals, it's that basically two people will compete, um, compete taxidermying. Is that how you say that? When someone taxidermies an animal, you're taxidermying? Um, yeah, so that's a show now. With him hosting, though, I bet you there's uh, there's some strong comedy potential anyway. He's a very, very funny dude. And again, he's got sort of that Harlan Williams thing, uh, the, the bonus of being a little bit different looking to bring out a laugh right off the bat without even saying anything. See, last... But not least, Miss Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, who uh, I talked about in a movie Monday, I think it might have been in the mega episode. Uh, watched my first movie with her, what was it called? Last House on the Left, maybe? No. House on the Left? Something something with a house. Uh, sort of horror-y suspense movie. Uh, I talked about how I really liked her, she was super hot, and a very good actress, no less hot and a good actress, so my sort of prediction is that she will be around for many years to come. She uh, also seemed in this interview to be um, 
I guess, like, sort of a normal person. So, <laughs> what? She's hot. She's a good actress. She's in the Hollywood lifestyle, and she seems to be a normal person. That is crazy. So I'm kind of uh, really uh, enjoying seeing her around and about, and uh, hope to see more of her. We talked about, <laughs> oh yeah, this was funny, she, uh, I guess it was her first role was on the TV show Monk, in which uh, she thought she had one role, however, when she showed up for work, uh, the role she actually had was of sort of a mascot at a sporting event, so you couldn't even see her face. They showed a clip of that, and it was pretty funny. And uh, I think she was very embarrassed by the clip, which also funny. She talked about she seems to get start struck very easily, which uh, which is cool. And uh, she talked about how she basically at a party stalked uh, John Stamos. <laughs> so I guess she was a big Full House fan. Funny. Okay, let's move on to Jimmy Kimmel with guest number one, Jennifer Lawrence. Ah. You see what I did there? I went from Conan O'Brien to Jimmy Kimmel with the same guest. Ah, baby, it is like I planned it. I did plan it, so, because it's not as impressive. Meh. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, she talked about how she believes she has uneven breasts. Hmm. I will be the judge of that if uh, she ever desires. And uh, my other note here says she's adorable. <laughs> Her mom was there. Um... And uh, well, and apparently she's big into family, um, bringing like her mom or her parents to the Oscars or whatever. Uh, again, sort of seemed to be very down to earth, and I liked her. Okay, next guest on Jimmy Kimmel Live was Miss Katie Couric, who um, I know who it is, obviously, but uh, haven't really seen much about her because she does the news, and I try to avoid the news. I think she's moved on to other things since her news days. She's that kind of household name that everybody knows. It's not nice to say for her age, she looks very good. But <laughs> for her age, she looks very good. Uh, she's a little cutie, I think. She, the best part of this interview was she talked about how uh, way back in the day, I guess when she had first sort of started in the news business, she went out on a date with Larry King. And I recommend you listening to that section of this interview, because it was hilarious. Um, the thought of anyone going on a date with the golem <laughs> that is Larry King uh, is amusing to me. And you could tell, the, some of the, fun, the, I think for me the funniest part of that section of this interview was that Jimmy just couldn't control himself and was laughing like a maniac. Ah, uh, good stuff. Uh, also, she mentioned that on that sort of same dating note that back in the day, Michael Jackson asked her out on a date. Huh. She declined. Interesting. Okay, let's wrap it up with... He talked with Dr. Phil. Yeah, we'll, we'll end up with Dr. Phil. I think they are on the same network, and he has popped in a, a couple of times. Jimmy Kimmel seems to me, and I like this, to not have a great amount of respect for Dr. Phil. It almost seems like he was trying to antagonize him a bit, which is very, very strange because uh, I think from the very first time I mentioned Jimmy Kimmel on the show many, many, many episodes ago, that he seems, and all I've heard from uh, is that he's just a really super nice, down-to-earth guy, a guy that you would just hang out with and be a good buddy, a good pal, one of those type of salt-of-the-earth dudes. Uh, 
but then he has Dr. Phil on, and he seems, I don't know if it was just an act, but he, he seemed a little, uh, well, just a little like he thought Dr. Phil was a bit of a joke, which I appreciate, because I, too, uh, also feel that Dr. Phil and his whole little spiel there is a bit of a, a bit of a joke, and he is not to be taken seriously, and, uh, yeah. Whereas I, on the other hand, of course, am to be taken very seriously. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, uh, we're going to end it there with the hope that this episode will sound good and is all there and is easy to edit and goes up with no problems. Because if it is, that will be the first time it happened. Holy shit. One, two, three, four, five, six. Just drove by a field in which six, count them, six, turkeys were just sitting around. Live, wild turkeys. So that's uh, maybe a little indication of the kind of drive home I have through the country. That was a uh, a turkey, that was a, uh, I guess what you would call a uh, turkey side note. Um, The thing about that turkey side note is, I forget what I was saying. Oh, well, it is nice. (laughs) <laughs> distracted by... Man, distracted by turkeys. Forgets what he's saying. Crashes car. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical LibraCubicle Wrist. We here in the LibraCube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.